and welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Callum. And I'm Bobby. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Good evening. Good evening. How are we? Very well, thank you. Good. Anything been happening this week? Uh, I played my club championship this, well, first round of the club championship this weekend. Okay. And I believe it was going well until the 18th. Yeah, I blew it. Big time. Bottled it. Bottled it. He's now four off the lead going into the second round. Whereas you would have been... One. Ooh. Had a part it, even bogeying it would have put me to two off it, I suppose. Should have, should have took inspiration. <laughs> should have took inspiration from the lionesses. Yes, and the Commonwealth Games. It was after that was after it though. So all right, neither of which I've watched to be quite honest. But well done. Yeah. No, so. yeah, I didn't quite. Uh... But way, 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 way more important than that. You had a game on Saturday. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And and we actually got a win. <laughs> score was uh, twenty points to ten. Excellent. Did you score? No, I, I nearly. It. Yeah, set a couple. Do you just want to fill us in though on the, the story about your gum shield? No. Why? Go on. <laughs> Well, because my mullet's dead long now and it was wet and windy and everything, like, yeah. it went into my mouth, but then it sort of got stuck in my gum shield <laughs> and then it was like this <laughs> stray air got stuck and then it was like tickling the back of my throat and stuff and making me eat. <laughs> and <stuff>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Excellent. Well, what have we got on tonight? We've got our Super League review of round 21. We have my stats of the week. We have our NRL score readout. We've got an interview with Paulie Bolger, which we've been really looking forward to and finally got it over the line, haven't we? Yeah, so we're speaking to Paulie later in the programme um, uh, from uh, uh, from Cornwall. So we're speaking to him about uh, his life, his upbringing, his love of rugby league and life in Cornwall. Yes, and I think we've uh, got a couple of quick-fire questions for him as well, haven't we, that we've lined up? What, where you mean where he can throw his teammates under the bus? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. I like it, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have Bry from Six Again. Yep. Doing the Predictions League. And then we are out of here. I just got to, before we start, just got to tell you a little story about Bry because he texted me the other day. <laughs> okay. What are you laughing at? Go on. This is the best story ever. He texted me. I haven't heard I have this. got pictures. Right. I have got pictures. And he texted me and he went, I've had a great day today. Right. So I went, why? So then he texted me and sent me a picture of like the biggest Sunday dinner you could ever imagine. Right. And then he said, and then he sent me another one and said, oh, and then, then I added that and put like a steak and kidney pie on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) Followed by... (laughs) <laughs> an empty plate <laughs> where he's polished it off to be well fair done. to him I don't think he needed any tea so no but he well done he had well a done. in a word of pie but well done Bry. that's he, the biggest achievement of the week that is he, absolutely heroic well it? done yeah. so there you go right should we push on let's 
There's so much to love about rugby league in this part of the world and more than just the pork rolls at Warrington and the pies at Wigan. There's tradition and history and great grounds and great fans. And then there's the weather. And if you don't like it, well, you just have to put up with it. Tough titties. Super League round 21, I believe it was, wasn't it? It was. Yes. Um, some some uh, shocking results, I think. Very, very much, a, very much a couple of shock results. Shall we? Shall we start? In fact, shall we start with those? Yeah, let's start with what is. Well, I don't think there's any probably about it. The biggest shock result, and that is Salford forty-four, St Helens twelve. Could argue the performance of the season. The, the they Salford were, Reds, yeah, they were unbelievable. They were unbelievable. Um, Saints just. I mean, Saints played really poorly, but. But Salford didn't allow them to play well either. Well, they, they attacked. They, I think Salford knew they weren't going to get much up the middle mm. and attacked out wide. Mm. Um, and I think they, it looked like they targeted particular Conrad Hurrell. Tim Laffey had it, Conrad Hurrell in his back pocket all game. You know, I think I said to you, you know, when I was doing work with Samoa in the World Cup. Oh, yeah, I think you might have mentioned it. Well, in case twice. I haven't, right. they said that, there that Tim Laffey was the best player they had. Mm-hmm. They rated him so highly. Him and Ben Roberts, right, who went on to play for Castleford, mm. but they, they, but he was they they were really. I think he was at the Bulldogs at the time. Lafay, yeah, yeah, and uh, they really, really rated him really highly. Mm. Yeah, it was clear to see his, his class. Um, he was probably the best player on the pitch. Yeah, we, we've said all season, haven't we? The <clears throat> Salford's ability to throw the ball around and play entertaining rugby, and it it, it paid off against. One of the top four. Uh, it was fantastic to see, really. Well, not was... only the top four, but the top uh, team. The three well, Peters. Yeah, exactly. Who, were, who everybody's pretty much nailed on for four in a row. Mm. And they've, they've gone and just absolutely dominated them. Even more impressive for Salford. They only had 18 players and uh, reports were that they had to jab one up before the end of the... before during the warm-up in case he had to play. Mm. Um, and they were without Ryan Briley as well, who, who was... Uh, who failed a HIA in the previous game when he got absolutely uh, knocked out cold, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so it was even more impressive, really. Oh yeah, yeah, they were super impressive. Um, didn't didn't give Saints a uh, chance to breathe, and like you said, really took it to them on the the edges. Because if you, if you try and take them on in the middle and in the park, you, you're not going to win, are you? Really? No. And that's the that's the blueprint for probably. Uh, 10, 10 out of the 12 teams. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, you know, credit to Salford. They, they had a, they had a really had to go out wide and, and it paid off for them. Everything stuck. Mm. You know, another day they could have put the ball down and made lots of mistakes. Today they didn't and they were full of confidence. Yeah. Um, a candidate for the try of the season with the Brody Croft try. Yeah. Brilliant pass from Tim Laffey. Back on the inside. I don't know. He found the gap. No, between the two defenders, mm. and just then summed and then up Croft his game. To be honest, that. held off the defenders, didn't it? Yeah. To, to go in. Yeah, it was a beautiful try. Yeah. Um, interestingly, afterwards, <clears throat> and we'll talk about Saints in a moment. Um, Christian Wolf said he'd seen it coming. Mm. I always wonder when coaches say that. Well, why haven't you done something about it beforehand? Yeah, that's your mm. job, surely. Yeah. Yeah, it has felt like it's been coming. I mean, they were lucky to escape 
uh, with a win against Wakefield last week. And and it's not very often that they've actually put two, what would say, poor performances together. Yeah. If you say the one at Wakefield was a poor performance, it's not often... Which it was. The conditions were horrendous, don't get me wrong, but it was a poor poor performance. By their own standards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he said he'd, he'd seen it coming and they had to go back to the drawing board. But... They're now starting, they're now seeing with St. Helens, and I think now the injuries are starting to catch up with Saints. Yeah, they're not looking too healthy at the minute, are they? They, I think, did they, they lost, or looks like they might have lost Regan Grace as well now for the for the rest of the yeah. season. Oh, last kick of the game, and there was nobody near him, was there? No, no he, he just, just sort of went down clutching his leg. The rumours are it's his Achilles. Mm-hmm. And I think if that's the case, then we've probably seen Regan Grace play his last game in rugby league. Yes, for the foreseeable, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looks that way, doesn't it? Uh, which is a shame. Yeah, um, and and they also lost uh, Curtis Simonon, um in the first half as well. Yeah, with what they are, which the I don't think it's any confirmed, but the rumours are it's very similar to the Johnny Lomax injury. Was that, was that a bicep? Yeah, I think it was like a torn bicep, wasn't it? torn bicep or something. Right. So whether he'll be able to carry on, I'm not so sure. Um, their only sort of saving grace is they, they've not got many injuries in the pack and the pack still seems quite strong. Mm. They seem to have struggled in the pack with suspensions more than injuries. Mm. With like Metautia, Sirenen, Bell... They've all been in and out. They haven't had a consistent run. But, yeah, the backs have they've struggled. The three with the quarter backs, line, the centres and the wingers are. How long? I mean, per, I haven't seen Percival for ages. He's not playing, is he? The no, I think. I think they've said that Tommy Makinson might have had a chance against Salford, so you would think he'd be back in this week. Mm. Um, Hopawate is about another three weeks, I think, and when the Sunday games finish. Yeah, when the Sunday games finish. <laughs> Oreo Arte. Yeah. Um, and the uh, Percival, they've not really said anything about that I've seen. So, mm. But I think this game, uh, it's all about Salford, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. They were phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I think they won and, prize. And they've had a bit of a team of the week. Yeah. Which yeah. is deservedly so, I think. Uh, and they've had a bit of a pop, haven't they, at John Wilkin, who said they didn't have the minerals to get things done and finish games. Oh, did he say it? He, did, he, said? he said that, and right. they said they were flimsy, um, and they could attack the way out of trouble, but they didn't have the minerals to, to uh, finish. So all week on Twitter, they've been like, oh, what a set of minerals we've got, and all this sort of stuff. Mm, so. I bet. Yeah, there you go. I bet. Um, what about the other shock of the week, then? Yeah, this, uh, oh, Wait. Which, oh, uh, which well, which one are you referring to? Yeah, I was going to well, say there's, there's two more to me. Okay, well, I'm, yeah. I'm going for I went. I meant the Castleford game. Okay. Oh, okay, right. So uh, Castleford six, Wakefield thirty two. Nobody saw this coming, did they? Not by that scoreline. Did Willie Poaching see this coming? <laughs> did so. Christian Wolf see this coming? <laughs> <laughs> that was just an excellent performance all round from from Wakefield. They they really. Turned up and wore the heart on the sleeves that game, didn't they? They just uh, and it looked like it had. They looked like they had played better against uh, Saints, as you said the other week. Mm. So maybe that laid a, a couple of uh, platforms down for this game. I think mm. we said last week, me and you, Bobby. I think we said that they were playing sort of desperate mm. because of where they are. 
they've had to be and they, they've upped it. Um, but <laughs> didn't see that score. See, I was. I thought they might, you know, have had a chance of winning with the way that they played previous week see, I, against Saints and the way that they, they, the halves controlled everything, the way they played the conditions and whatnot. But yeah, not that. Well, you're big fans of the halves, aren't you? Yeah, I like them. Lino, yeah. yeah, I really like them. But the, um, I didn't. See, I must admit, I didn't take much heed to the way that they played against Saints because of the conditions. Mm. That makes sense. Leading into this game, I thought that it would be like if you like normal service. It was more, I think it was more the what the the little one percenters, the little mm. sort of one percent efforts in defence and and chases and things like that that you think that's the start, sort of stuff that wins your games, wins yeah. your tight games, um, and and they just got on top early and just didn't take the foot off the gas, did they? No. Um, well, certainly Lewis Murphy didn't, did he? Oh, lightning, isn't he? He's got some. He's got some pace, hasn't he? Mm. We've said it before. Uh, you know, there's, to me, there's not much better sights in rugby league than seeing a winger take out, uh, take on the opposition on the outside and no, down the touchline. It's brilliant. It, it's a lost art as well. It is. It is. Um, he's he's going to be a really good player. Um, but first, first win for Wakefield against Cass in about. Uh. Seven, seven years, seven years. Mm. 2015 was yeah. their first, bet, well, the last win, should we say. Yeah. They enjoyed that, didn't they? Didn't they? They fans kept showing the fans on, uh, <laughs> they were going mental. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, like, you ever seen that film, Night at the Museum? Yeah. Right. I know you're not knowing where this is going. Not you know, right? no, not no. So you know, like, Ben Stiller's in it, isn't he? Right. right. Was and he, he at the match? No, he was at the tennis the other week, though. Oh, yeah. Nick Kyrgios, like, told him off. Yeah. But, right, so you know when he goes into the bits where the um, the Romans are and the Cowboys? Yeah. Like, and then they time to the tracks, don't they? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, getting up, isn't he, like that? Yeah. And they're all like, no, no, stop Gigantor and all that. That was like the David Fafita try. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that try. It was excellent. He was like Gigantor. Because he? he was like, he had about six people hanging off him mm. like that, all like trying to stop him. And then he, and then he just like, just still plodded on. and Six people hanging off him and Danny Richardson, he didn't want to get in the way of him. Really, <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that effort was so bad. He sort of goes, right, I'm ready for you. No, I'm not. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> come even, on, come even, on. He was damaging yeah. traffic at the airport. Even, come on. Even with five people hanging off him. <laughs> this way, come on. <laughs> so... Anyway, that's that's my comparison. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, it's good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Very good. So, um, Cass, just is it typical? I want to say you get your hopes up with Cass, and then they throw something like that in. I mean, they play Saints this week, which will be really interesting. Whether they can recover from that, I quickly. don't think they'll have a better chance of beating them. No. Really? No, I I don't with the injuries and stuff. You mm. mean? Yeah, that, I think that's a really really interesting game on Sunday. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I th- I just I don't know. It's is it typical of them this season? Maybe this this league this year has just been so funny. Mm. I think it's great. Oh yeah, but it's just bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I honestly can't answer that question. I'll just say yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you said there was another shock? Yes. 
well, we're heading to the... I assume this is the one that Callum was speaking about in the uh, south of France. Uh, Catalans 32 leads 36 after extra time. Mm. 30 points to six up with about, what, 15 minutes to go or something? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the, the comeback started around about the hour mark. But they got three tries in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and they had a man sent off. And they mm. were down to 12. And even on that last one, Sam Tompkins somehow managed to drop the ball and they managed to lose it, didn't they? To mm. uh, uh, they got they got the equalising points off that in the end, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and then a rarity that you don't see uh, a golden point try for Maiden Caesar. Yeah, and it was a great try, wasn't it? Uh, Brad Dwyer had a little. Well, they'd nearly got. He'd nearly gone himself, hadn't yeah, he? Yeah, he had a little dart, didn't he? Through the dummy and then went to the right and then managed to 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 offload it and then he. Managed to, to swing it to the left and see they had a little dummy and strolled in, didn't he? Yeah. It's great when Golden Point ends in a try because it feels like it's like, oh, you deserve that. Mm. Mm. More of a win. Proper win, yeah. 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 Fair to say Aidan Caesar's best performance in a lead shirt so far? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Well, definitely the best 30 minutes. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and a new club has emerged from this game as well. The Cameron Smith Appreciation Club. Mm. Who um, he had a storming match. I, I, I like his little uh, break that he had for the Myler try. Was that forward? He, nah, you don't think. Nah, camera angle. <laughs> All right, okay. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> right, okay. I, I didn't even think that that was a thing until you'd said it. Okay, just when I was and I saw the highlights before, I thought, "Oh, was that?" Nah. Deserved it anyway for making the break and then going around Tompkins like he weren't there. Cameron Smith, number three. Yeah, he is number three. <laughs> he might be number two after that. Yeah. But, yeah, no, an, an incredible comeback. And and to do it with a man down, like we said before, uh, Matt Pryor didn't have a very good game, did he? He spent ten minutes in the bin. for. <laughs> I'm not sure what he spent it for, for having a fight, and then, and then, got, uh, then got sent off for a high shot. Not yeah. a good game there, has it? No, he's only played about twenty minutes, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's getting um, on a bit, and he's two matches. I think he's got, hasn't he? Mm. Mm. Think, um, if you're uh, if you're Catalan and you're Steve McNamara, I, I hesitated then because I had Steve McLaren in my mind, and I was going to say Steve McLaren or Steve Mac or Steve McManaman, and I couldn't remember his name. Right, but Steve McNamara, are right. you getting worried? Possibly. Possibly. It, it's all about coming good at the right time now, isn't it, as well, in this running, and they seem to be going the other way. They, they're conceding a few too many points, I think, at the moment. Yeah. Mm. They are conceding a lot, and the, the form's not great. Um, they've only won two of the last five. You know, they even lost to, to Warrington. Which is saying something that's, at the minute. That's bad form, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. but the two that they've won, St. Helens and Huddersfield. Yeah, strange, isn't it? Mm. But if they carry on the way they're going, they're not nailed on for top four. No, they're not nailed on, I don't think. They're losing ground. There's only four points between them and fifth. Mm. So... I think they'll probably turn it around, but they're they're, they're having a, a bit of a wobble at the well, 
the wrong time. Uh, amazingly, you'll say Leeds now. Uh, Leeds, I think, are only a point off the playoffs now, but they're only about four or five points, I think, off top four. Yeah, it's, it's eight. Some eight. Oh, no, sorry. Seven. Seven off top yeah. four. Even that's doable for them. Mm. Especially if the league continues the way it is and it keeps, uh, you know, you get a couple of wobbles up, up, up at the top like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... But uh, I think it's very doable well, for them. Because the teams that are in five, six, seven as well, they could easily finish fifth. Well, let me ask you this then, because I asked you I asked you this a few weeks ago and you both said a resounding no straight away. Mm-hmm. Will Leeds make the playoffs? Uh, I think they might sneak in sixth. Yeah, I, I think they'll. I think they'll sneak in. I think they've changed a lot under Rowan Smith. Okay, I think. Uh, I think he's done and, and wonders let, for them so far. Okay, and I then think. let me ask you another question. I asked you a couple of weeks ago: Who would you rather be now, right now, this week, at this situation? Salford, Hull, Hull KR, or Leeds? Salford. I'd still be Salford. Still be Salford. Still be Salford. Leeds' last game of the season could be crucial. And who's that? Castleford. Right. That could uh, that could be a real that could be the fight for six. Yeah, that could mm. be a real playoff. If Salford finished fifth, mm. um, Hull, I don't think have got enough in them. Well, we've got six rounds left, is it? Seven, seven, six. Could be six, six now. I think, six, I think, six yeah. now. Yeah. Mm. I'd right. still with Salford though. <clears throat> okay, where are we going now then? Well, you've you've just mentioned them. We might as well stick with them. Uh, Staying in the south of France, it was Toulouse 6, Hull FC 30. This was a bit of a shock as well, to be honest. Right. I think everybody predicted Toulouse in the Predictions League. Um, I didn't. Did you not? No, I said Hull. Right. So, you were in it, though, well, yeah. No. Well, was it a shock? <laughs> yeah, well, yes and no. I did say a bit of a shock. Um, it, it is because of the way that they've been playing... And the way Toulouse have been playing, picking up wins, and obviously all the other way around. But then when you see the score, you think, well, that's probably what it should be. Mm. But the, the the form of both teams leading up up to this game, I wouldn't have been surprised if the score was the other way around. No, and and I looked at it like like you and said, okay, well, the um, the prediction league, everyone's gone to lose pretty much, and I'm like, why really? Mm. Are you going to lose because Hull have been that dreadful yeah. over the last few weeks? And I think everyone perhaps gets a little bit caught up in, in Toulouse having a couple of wins at home. Mm. But but Hull have been that bad and Toulouse have been good at home. Yeah. Why would you not say Toulouse? No, I agree. It's just when you look at it after the event in hindsight. But then when you look at That's what I mean. But when you, then when you look at that score, you think, yeah, that's... You know, that doesn't surprise me, really. So you, you, when you go back to Toulouse now, do you think, well, actually, are they going to win many more games? They might pick up one, or maybe another one. I'm not sure what their, uh, their well, running is, to be honest. They're coming into this horrible month that we've mentioned now, aren't they, where they've got... <laughs> they've had the home games, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, the, they've got their away games now, Wigan, well, they play, Warrington. They play all KR this week, and they're in all sorts of bother with injuries. Where's that at? It's at Hull KR. But that could be crucial mm. because then they play Warrington in another relegation battle. 
game. Uh, Warrington, Wigan, Catalan, Hull, St. Helens. That Toulouse is running? Yeah. I can't see. Can't, I can't see them overhauling Wakefield or Warrington. I can't, especially if they lose this week. Yeah. If they lose this week, I think that's it for them. If they win, depending what happens with the other teams, so say they come to the last game of the season, St. Helens have got league leaders wrapped up or top two wrapped up and they decide that they're going to rest players, then they could come away with a win there that mm. way. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. A couple of questions from this game, though. I don't know whether you saw the first try where Will Smith put a grubber in. Mm. Um, defender opens his legs and lets himself get nutmegged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? I don't no. know why he, he literally opened his legs and let the ball go through. He looked like he had a decent game, Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah, it nice. Still sounds odd saying that. Man in black. <laughs> yeah. A nice, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice debut try for him as well. Yeah, yeah. it was a great try. Um, Kane Evans had accused his teammates of being soft. Yeah, mentally soft. Mentally soft, um, which they responded to. Yeah, they did. It's not often you hear players coming out and saying that, really. About each other, if yeah. you like, no. Yeah, no. They, they've, Certainly not in public. They've obviously had a chat amongst themselves and decided that because if it was just him coming in and slagging them off, then he wouldn't have said it. No. And... What do you do with a problem called Jake Connor? Where why you, is he a problem? Where do you play him? Because if you've got Jack Walker in at fullback, mm-hmm. where do you play him? He had a bit more of a freer role in this game, I noticed on the on the highlights. But but six is he a six? No, I think he's a fullback. So why sign Walker? Injuries. Is he well, can you get away this season with having Walker at fullback and having sacked Josh Reynolds play get away with having Connor at six? He can do a job there, no doubt. Yeah. He's got the skills. It's a sort of similar role if you sort of go down to the sort of old school route. Mm. And if you're going down the old school sort of route, he'd probably make a decent loose forward. Yeah. Like a ball playing loose forward. Mm. Because he's big enough to carry it as well, yeah. Probably, uh, but the skills he's got to to that link up play. Just be interesting to see how they use him for the rest of the season. I think I could see him slotting in at six. Mm. It'd be interesting. I think that one, which would probably suit them if they could then bring uh, Lover Doer on at nine to speed things up. Mm. Mm. I think he was missing for this game as well, I think. Yeah, I think so. I'm just, I'm just sort of yeah. saying in general, yeah. yeah. Well, moving on to uh, back home into England, we had a another comeback of, uh, well, not of sorts, uh, another very good comeback in the Huddersfield game. Huddersfield 32, Warrington 22. Hmm. Warrington... Trying to hold the bottom two off at arm's length and now appear to down to be elbow length, don't they? Mm. Yeah. Um, Daryl Powell, I didn't realise what he'd said after, but I'd written deja vu and I, I believe that's what he said after the game. He scored 22 points again and the 60 minute mark, they've crumbled. You see the same, you see the same words, don't you, with Warrington? Crumbled. Pressure. 
mm-hmm. defensive line. You see the same sort of phrases and, and, and words all the time. It's almost as if they've gone... They've had a fallout with Paolo they don't like, something that's happened within the club. And they've gone, yeah, we can play. We'll show you that we can play. But we ain't going to win. Mm. We aren't winning for you. But we can play. Yeah. That's the sort yeah. of feeling that I get. The top of the league if it was 60 minutes a game. Yeah. But they build this lead up, get in front, play really well. Last 20 minutes, just absolutely fall to bits. Well, they're in the lead again. Was it 22-14 after 60 minutes? Yeah. And again, they've conceded 20 points in 20 minutes, which they have done the last couple of weeks as well. Mm-hmm. That's just not, that doesn't ring right, does it, in some way, in, in either in either fitness or um, desire or whatever you want to put it, that just doesn't seem right, does it? No, it doesn't. And I think what's, uh, I think what's, what's worse, and I think you, you mentioned this to me, Andy, and I, and I looked out for it when I watched this game, they led by eight points, on four separate occasions in the match. Yeah. And, lost, and lost by 10. And lost by... That's it, terrible. The, the Joe bullock Simbinin was a big turning point in the game. Yes. They got the three tries, I think, while he was off. Mm. But that was that was a big turning point. Yeah, it was. Um, the last one... I mean, there was some... The, the, the penultimate try from Will Price. Oh, what, what a try that was. Great footwork. Mm. Yeah. But the Brilliant. last one, I think it was it was it Owen Trout, I think scored the last one. Yes. That was just ridiculously soft. Yeah. Didn't, was it then that we were talking about... At a point when you can still win the game. You're still only four points down. Mm. You can win that game. Yeah. You're letting him barge through you and under the sticks like that. He didn't That's... even have to barge through. Well, no, he didn't, to be fair. No. No, he didn't. It was... Yeah. How would you... Would you all would you criticize? Do you think it's the right decision? Because I think it was six four, and then Warrington took three lots of two points to extend and keep the scoreboard ticking over and extend the lead. But sometimes you think, well, while you're on top, go on, mm. get on a roll. Yeah, but they didn't, and in a way, kept Huddersfield in the game. Mm. And it's not like it's a. As you've said, it's not like it's a lack of confidence thing with them. No. Because y- you've said that they're showing you they can play. So it's not yeah. like they're scared of getting points. It's not like they're, they're worried about losing. Well, I mean, they are worried about losing the game, don't get me wrong, but they're not worried about not being in front. So why keep taking the two points? Why not put a bit of pressure on Huddersfield? I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. I'm just asking, I'm just asking for your thoughts, really, about whether or not... Perhaps they should have got a roll on and they could have been more than 12-4, but on the other hand, they could have been less. But mm. I don't know. I don't. Well, we the, talk about players being mentally soft. These are the epitome of it. Warrington. Yeah. Well, it's not looking too good for them either. There's, there's rumours coming from Warrington as well this week that um, two of the new signings are potentially out for the season now as well. In and Dufty, yeah. Uh, Matt Dufty and I think... I don't... Uh, Thomas, is it Michalele? Is that how you say it? That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there's rumours that both of them are out for the season. Dufty only playing his first game on the weekend. And, and it, doesn't could get be any, last. it doesn't get any easier from this week away at Wigan. No. No, it doesn't. Probably the toughest game you did. could have at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talking of Wigan. Yes, another dominant performance from them wasn't it uh, Wigan 46 Hull KR 4 lots lots of injuries for for Rovers 
Um, they needed a good start. They needed a good, that's the one thing they needed a good start, and they were sixteen nil down after ten minutes. You're not you're not coming back not from coming that game over, isn't it? Yeah. And like I said, they were down to the bare bones anyway. Um, Ethan Ryan impresses me every week. Yeah, he looks good. Him, he impresses me every week. But apart from that, I think they struggled, and and even more struggling this week because I think St Helens have uh, much to the fury of Hulkingston Rovers fans. I think on social media there was a couple have uh, recalled uh, Sam Royal, haven't they? Yeah, and uh, Hull KR fans are more like, oh, well, thanks, thanks for leaving us in it. Mm-hmm. They're player. <laughs> yeah. Do what we want, aren't they? I suppose they can, yeah, but they're not happy about it, are they? No. Um, what's that game called? Where track and field? No. no. <laughs> right, where Mario Kart? No. Where Donkey Kong? No, you pull you pull a string and then you have like a top and it bounces into each other. Beyblades. Is that what it is? Yes, that's it. In like the arena thing, and you. Pull them and then yeah. they like crash into each other. And, and then the last one standing. Yeah, they still on the spinning and you have knock it. Yeah, Beyblades. That's, that's like Bevan French. <laughs> he was like running around like one of them Beyblades. Is that the where where Pierce Paul ended up scoring? <laughs> yeah, he'd put yeah. a kick through in the That end. was ridiculous. They're all stood there watching him like this Beyblade thing spinning round. Bevan French, the Beyblade. Yeah. Is that is that the Pierce Paul one? Yeah. You get on the, that was ridiculous. Where he, he managed to put the kick through and still get on the other side of it to give the pass yeah. to Pierce Paul. Who he was just scored. running around in a circle. Tackle him. <laughs> if each club could only have one nomination for Man of Steel, yes. who would Wiggins be for you? Would it be, would it be Jay Field or Bevan French? It's <sighs> a good question. It's a good question. I, I feel like they've gone the other way around as the season's gone on. I thought I know French was missing for the start, then he had a bit of a slow burn, and now he's like incredible mm. and has scored about fifty tries in July or something. <laughs> um, and and Field has he has he gone the other way? He start he was blistering one at the start. Mm. He was just unplayable, and I feel like he's got a little bit quieter. And maybe you teams don't... have tightened them up on it, or tightened up on it. Maybe, maybe, or is it a bit sort of like the sort of James Roby effect, where you just expect it from yeah. him? I think French has got a better skill set overall, right? Personally, yeah. I think he's a. I think he's a better footballer, right? Um, Fields obviously quick. I, but think... I think, but I think French has a has a lot better. Skill I think set. it probably mm. would be French just. I think it's easy to forget what a good start field had to start the season. Though. Yeah, still no contract news for French. I don't think though, is there? No, it's not good signs, really. That is it. You would think that they would have that sorted. So they either have and they've just not announced it, or he's just holding out for NRL or uh, well, a bigger offer. And the Wigan fans are clamouring for that news, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a strange one. It it feels at the minute like he's just not going to stay because you'd think they'd have that wrapped up and announced by now. Yeah. But only time will tell, I think. Whose future will get announced first? Bevan French or Christian Wolf? Bevan French. Very, very similar times, I think. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Mm. I think that just about... Wraps us up, doesn't it? It does. It certainly does. Shall we move on? We shall. 
It's Bobby's Stats of the Week. That's right, Stats of the Week time. Hello. <laughs> How many have you got this week? Uh, I'm going to go with four and a half. Okay. Because we've already kind of covered one, but it's got a little bit more to it. Okay. So I'm going to start with that one. Uh, which we've already covered. Uh, Wakefield have beaten Castleford for the first time since 2015. However, their last home win against the Tigers stretches even further as they haven't won at home to Castleford since 2013. It's not good, is it? That's a dismal record, isn't it? It's against your nearest and dearest. It is, isn't it? Mm. That's why I'm glad they got to enjoy one on uh, uh, Sunday, was it? Saturday. Friday. One of them. Friday. <laughs> Friday it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, stat number two, and it's deja vu for Saints. It was their highest loss in Super League since 2016. And back then, it was Salford that handed that to them when they beat them 44-10. Only mm. two points difference this time. Mm. Well done, Saints. Yeah. <laughs> Or Salford. Or Salford, yeah. And I'm um, also, if Alex Wormsley didn't score in the last couple of minutes of that game, it would have been Saints' largest defeat in Super League for about 10 years. But he did. So, so it's not. It's no. not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, start number three. Uh, the uh, young winger from Leeds, uh, Liam Tyndall, uh, he made... 12 tackle busts from 11 carries against Catalans this weekend. Just to put that in a, a little bit of a perspective for you, Daryl Olfitz is currently the leader in Super League. He has 99 tackle busts this season and he's averaging five per game, which means Tyndall doubled it and more just against the Dragons. Excellent. Mm. Well done. Very good. Uh, start number four. Uh, Joseph Suwale, the young the young uh, Roosters winger, mm-hmm. he's become the fourth top try scorer for most tries before your nineteenth birthday in the NRL. Okay, uh, he turned nineteen this weekend. He's currently on thirteen tries in his career. He sits behind uh, Nick Kotrick on sixteen, uh, Michael Lawrence on eighteen. And leading the way by some way before you turn 19 is Israel Falau. He scored 22 tries as an 18-year-old in the NRL. I'm not having this that some of them are 19. Have you seen size of them? No. I think Israel Falau would have wore that manly jersey. <laughs> Definitely not. No. Definitely not. But some of them are like, absolutely. You're 19. You haven't had a birth certificate, right? He's got like a massive beard, hasn't he? It's like, mm. hey. Well, it's like Jack Webster off Coronation Street. He's supposed to be living in primary school. He's about 18. His voice is like that. Oh, Dad. It's like that. <laughs> Why did you turn into Churchill the dog? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was Jack Webster. Very good. And my last stat of the week, Nathan Cleary was sent from the field this week. He is the first Penrith Panthers player to be Red carded since 2012. The last player back then was Travis Burns, who was red carded for a high tackle. Nathan Cleary is also only the fourth NRL halfback to be red carded. Soft. And in Gus Watch, he he, he thought the five-week ban was ridiculous. Right. 
Idiot. What, as in too much? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But actually, no, because was it Aaron Woods that called him out on it? I this see. week and said that that on a on a show that said that no no he said it was intent he said because he's put his hand between his legs and then and then drove him mm. downwards he said he don't let him go or anything he hasn't put his round his waist and then you know mm. tipped him he's put him between his legs and drove him and down dr- yeah you don't drive he, he people called, down he, he called him down good he said it was like he said it was it was bullshit he said All right what had been what what Gus Gould had said right. So very good. Well done, Aaron Woods. Yeah, well done to him. <laughs> my new favourite player. <laughs> Is that it? I uh, just about wraps up stats of the week. Excellent. Well, we'll move swiftly on then, shall we? You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. Yep, NRL time as usual. Just jump in with anything that you want to say, mm-hmm. and I'll read the scores out. Um, the uh, Rainbow Sea Eagles, 10. <laughs> the Sydney Roosters, 20. Good. Not much of a surprise without half a team, is it? Yeah, good. Um, have you seen the, the fallout from that? The the chief exec, however it was, I think it was CEO or something, he'd come on and said, well, we're going to do it again, and I've got buy-in from those players, and you know they weren't consulted, but if we did it again, they'd, they'd do it. And then there's been another report now that comes up and said they're furious that he's come out and said that because they wouldn't backflip backflip on their uh, beliefs. Hmm. Seems an odd statement for him to make because if they would do that, it's like, well, why wouldn't you do it this time? Yeah. And obviously, if they're not going to backflip, you'd be like, well, why would you say? I don't know. Anyway, they had had a training session on their own while that match was going on. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Farcical. So, uh, Warriors 12, Storm 24. Eels 34, the Panthers 10. I think that's only the second defeat for the Panthers, isn't it? Of the, uh... And the Eels done the double on them. They beat them the first time mm-hmm. earlier in the season. Uh, Titans 24, Raiders 36. Sharks 21, Rabbitohs 20 after Golden Point. I believe you were very close to a bet on this one as well, Don't weren't you? Talk to you about it. All they had to do for me to win the bet, £70 I would have won. And all they had to do was see us last set out from the Rabbitohs in the 79th minute, instead of that, first tackle, they crashed over, bet gone. And I could have cashed out for 35, and Bobby's like, no, let it run, let it run. Yeah, let it run. Yeah. Well, I did, he owes me £35. Ah. Broncos, 18, Tigers, 32. Knights, 10, the Bulldogs, 24. I know you say about the Titans, but how bad are the Knights? They're, yeah, they're not looking so good, them, at the minute. Big game coming up soon, Titans v Knights, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're terrible. It's a proper wooden spoon class, oh. isn't it? Uh, and Dragons eight, Cowboys thirty four. Mm. Cowboys looking really good. Yeah, surprisingly after last Very. year. Even now, even this late in the season, every time they win, I think, oh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Anyway, is that it? Yep, it is. Brill. That was. You call that a knife? This. Is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Right, it's now time for our main segment of the podcast, isn't it? Yes, I'm really excited for this one. Uh, We've been waiting a couple of weeks now, but I'm delighted to say um, 
that uh, after illness for us, for us both, we're joined on the line by Colin Wall, RLFC player, Paulie Bolger. Paulie, welcome to the Loose Forward podcast. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for having me. No, thank you so much for, for coming on. We've been... Uh, We've been waiting a while, and we're, and we're quite excited about this for an, a number of reasons, really. I mean, one is your personal story, and and two is obviously the um, uh, the, the the outside of the heartlands type of story. Because I mean, really, if you said to us fifteen years ago that we'd be on a podcast talking to an Irish rugby league player who plays for <laughs> Cornwall Rugby League Football Club, I think um, I think people would have questioned all three of them, wouldn't they? <laughs> Yeah, it sounds a bit wild, doesn't it? But it just shows how far this sport has come as well. Absolutely. So we're gonna get we're gonna get into that. So I'm gonna ask you first of all to take you to to take you right back. I'm gonna take you right back to Ireland, Paul, and say you know t- tell us about tell us about you and growing up and and sport for you. Yeah, well, um, I grew up in Tala in South Dublin, and. Like from day one, I've always been sporty in one form or another. But um, like where I grew up, even rugby union wasn't really a thing. I'm from a, a council estate in a fairly rough area, so like everyone was either playing soccer or Gaelic football or hurling. And um, yeah, like being, I've always been that bigger kid. Like um, I, I've always been chunky to <laughs> keep a PG, but. Um, I was usually the bloke who was shoved in goal just because he was about as wide as the goal. <laughs> and, and then, um, yeah, when I went to um, secondary school, like even up until the age of probably 16, um, I still hadn't picked up a rugby ball. I was big into my Gaelic football and hurling. And um, especially, like, I, I shot up really young. Like, I, I, when I was 13, I was six foot one. Right. And um, so I was usually shoved in full forward and just lobbing the high ball. And uh, I'd use my size to bat around a few people and hopefully cap a few goals. But um, then I, I kind of hit a point where I was like, geez, I probably should use my size to better use. And I uh, found my local rugby union club, which is St. Mary's. And um, yeah, that kind of started all, really. Yeah. I know. Do you still follow your Gaelic football and your hurling and that? Because I noticed on Twitter this week you were wishing good luck. I think it was to uh, hurling teams, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah. So the All-Ireland final for a Gaelic football was on last Oh, it was Gaelic weekend. football, wasn't it? Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, not yeah. the hurling, yeah. Uh, yeah, the hurling was the week before, but uh, the, the joys of um, the games being streamed on Sky Sports now, like even though I'm abroad, I can still watch a couple of games. And uh like even when I go back to Ireland any weekends I get off, like you'll probably find your my uh, old Gaelic football club St Anne's um, having a couple of points with the lads or watching the game and having the coaches fighting the year off asking them to kick out for them. <laughs> so, just out of interest from your from your point of view, because I mean they are rough, tough sports, both both hurling and and Gaelic football, aren't they? Which is which are the toughest sport? Rugby league, hurling, Gaelic football. Ooh. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna upset somebody here now, aren't you? Yeah, it's just how many people will I upset? <laughs> you don't um, have to answer if you don't want. <laughs> um, they all have the merits. Uh, I think hurling's just a different animal altogether. Like, um, yeah. it, it's it's so fast, and like, I've, so many times I've had like hurls whack across my shins, and like, even if you run your hand down my shin now, it's still bumpy as anything from it, and. Uh, yeah, that, the hurlers, especially at the top level, are a different breed. I remember playing a local game, and uh, 
guy went up for a, a high ball and as he caught it, a hurl came and whacked him back in the hand. And he just stood there and popped three fingers back in and played on. <laughs> but it, was, it was like nothing to him. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> really? But, um, like, yeah, like rugby league and hurling are definitely a lot tougher than Gaelic football. I'll, I'll say it that way. <laughs> Fair enough. That's good, yeah. Um, and then from Rugby Union, um, then you made the transition to Rugby League, didn't you? Because you played for a couple of teams in Ireland, didn't you? And also um, represented the Ireland students, didn't you, under-19s? Yeah, so um, I was playing Rugby Union. I, I was enjoying it, but because I was the bigger guy, I was always shoved in that like, front row, that tight head prop and things like that. And like, I, I just wasn't enjoying it, like... I prefer like running with the ball and the contact rather than like all this set piece stuff. And then um, like the older I got, like I, I kind of just fell out of love with it really. And then yeah. um, I wasn't making the headway that I wanted to because like reunion in Ireland, like it, it hits a point where it's who you know, not what you know. And it, it really just put me off the game. And I, was, I think I was 17 at the time. And I, my mom's not going to be happy about this, but I bumped off school one day. And um was flicking through the sports channels and the only thing I could find on TV was NRL. Right. And I it was um, Roosters versus West Tigers. And um, uh, at this point, um, Sonny Bill was like still in the Roosters setup. And I remember watching that and was like, oh my God, I need to give this a go. And yeah, I ended up finding my local team, which ended up being just down the road for me in uh, Dublin City Exiles. And yeah, never looked back and played a season for them. And in the end of my first season, played for Leinster Seniors against Munster. Um, a game down the middle of nowhere in Munster. And it ended up being like a 36-all draw. Uh, I, I was 18th man and ended up getting called up to the bench. And it was an incredible moment. I'll never forget it. And um, yeah, it kind of just snowballed from there. I um, ended up the following year was the first time we had like a, a schools or a number 19 set up. Uh, I was lucky enough that I was vice captain of the Leinster team and I uh, played against Ulster in like a three-game series that we won. And then from there, got my first taste of international and played for Ireland under 19 against Scotland and Wales. But by far the best part about that was the game against Scotland was actually in Tallis Stadium, which I can see from my front door. Right. So like, every, every time I get to go home, it, it's a great reminder of where it all started. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And then, like, even up until um, I did sign for uh, West Wales last year while I was still playing amateur, um, when I was uh, training with Ireland students, I used to go back on the Friday. I played for the Longhorns, who was um, who I played for after the Exos. Yeah, and uh, I played for them on the Saturday, train the Sunday, and then get a flight back for work on the Monday. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> and then, and then you moved to England for for uni, didn't you? Um, and then even that was to a non-traditional area, wasn't it? Was it in Gloucester? Yeah, well, um, there's a, a little bit in between that. So um, in my last year of school, I actually went over to England and I trialled for Oxford um, when they were playing in League One and they were still knocking about. Okay. Uh, it was when Tony Benson was coaching them. Right. And they, they, he really liked me. He offered me to go over and um, do pre-season with them and see how I go. But... Uh, because of my exams and everything like that, my mum wouldn't let me. It was a, it was a nightmare. But um, after that, like, um, I ended up doing my Irish leaving cert, which is like the same as A-levels over here. Yeah. And um, I ended up, I, I kind of like knew I wanted to go to England to play rugby league. I wasn't really interested in going to uni in Ireland. And 
um, was I looking at unis up north, but I ended up not getting the grades. And I was kind of stuck in a, a spot where I, I didn't really know what I needed to do. And it was um, through the Irish Connection, um, Alan Robinson, the owner of Cove Bears, mentioned that like Cove Uni do like foundation courses and I could try getting with one of them and just go work my way up there. So mm. I ended up going to Coventry for a year and played for Cove Uni rugby league. And after the year there, um, I ended up getting on the full-time course down in Gloucester. Um, but play, playing in England, it, it was an eye-opener of where I actually was compared to where I thought I was. Right, and yeah. Like I, I was struggling to make the bench for their second team was played in like the Midlands third division. Right. And yeah, it that's kind of what started me on this journey that ended up to here now. I mean, on that, I mean, I've I've seen some of the the footage that you've put on on YouTube um, from some of those uni matches, and it, and it's and it's fair to say that. Um, well, well, you, you look, you certainly look a unit. Shall we put it that way? <laughs> yeah, I'm a big boy. But I, yeah. I'm, I'm not small by any stretch. <laughs> but, but I mean, you've said yourself, haven't you? You've gone from 160 to 125k, which in old money is um, is like what between five and six stones somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, give or take. Like at my biggest, I, I probably wasn't far off having my own orbit. If I was honest, like barely saw my toes. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just. Like especially my last year of um, school, like I I wasn't doing well with the pressure of exams and like, I was stress eating and then went from that and fell into the uni lifestyle where yeah. it's like going out three four times a week and like before I realised that I was getting out of breath walking up the stairs okay. and I, I I hit a point where it was like what I'm doing and what I want to do isn't lining up at all so a change needs to happen really yeah. So did you, was part of the goal, if you like, with the weight loss, was was that tied in, was that tied into the rugby league as well? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, um, it, it's weird because like playing semi-pro or professional was never really in my thoughts at all. It was just get, I need to do whatever I can to get back in that green jersey. Yeah. Like it was, I even getting, I thought, talking about and thinking about it, it's giving me shivers, but like, that first game when you line out and you sing the international anthem, I live for that. Like mm. I would literally do anything and do literally anything I can to be in that situation again. And like playing for my country has been a massive driver for me ever since, really. Absolutely, and it's, yeah. It's what can I do? What's the next step to get me back in that green jersey? And now. It, it was like, what do I need to do? Get from under 19s to students, and then it was students to clubs, which is like um, the amateur Irish team for the seniors. And yeah. then next step is, what can I do to get that senior green jersey? Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic, and that's a that's a real driver, and that's I think that's inspirational for anybody that's listening like that. I think that's uh, an absolute credit to you. I think that's fantastic. And then from there. Then obviously you went uh, to uh, you went to West Wales Raiders as well, didn't you? From there, how did, how did that come about? Yeah, well, um, over lockdown, um, like that's kind of when I like I hit my second peak after. So I went from like one sixty down to one thirty ish kilos, and then during lockdown, like that first lockdown, the only time I left my house was to go to the shop and pick up snacks. I walked down the stairs to um, pick up the takeaway, yeah. and. Um, I, I hit another low and right, yeah. 
I, I kind of caught myself in the mirror and I was like, just what have you done to yourself? And yeah. that's when everything started to change for me. And like, I had a single dumbbell, a bag full of sand, and a pit around the corner. And I just went running every day. Um, I, I got lucky that and one of my friends was doing an S&C degree and done a bit of work with some rugby league teams. So okay. he was putting me on the right course. Um, but it, it was long all hours um, just running around the pits. So I'm pretty sure I've covered every square into that by now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so after, uh, that was literally like, so what, best part of 18 months of just running with no real like rugby going on. Yeah. And then, came out the other side of that and Uni Gloucester set up an old boys team just to get like some of the lads in Uni who hadn't played a game and like some of the lads who stayed local and graduated just to get them back playing ball yeah. again and yeah I, I played that and I was putting in some really good performances and um, I was really happy with where I was but I, I, at that point I knew I wanted to test myself at a higher level and like unlike if I were up north where I'd have that opportunity to maybe try my luck with an NCL team, it was kind of, I had to go from amateur to league one or nothing. Yeah. So um, uh, a couple of lads were playing for West Wales at the time. And um, one of my mates just said to me, I was like, look, drop, drop the coach a message and what have you got to lose? Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I ended up finding the head coach on Facebook, um, Aaron Woods, uh, it was, and then um, just got the message. I look, I think I'm ready. I'd like a trial if, if there's anything going. And I uh, had a conversation with him and he was like, yeah, I'll see you Tuesday. Excellent. And uh, yeah, that kind of started this next phase. And it, that, that was actually um, a year ago last week. Right. Wow. Wow. It's just like everything seems to happen so fast sometimes, doesn't it? It's just just in the yeah. not being in the right place at the right time, but just taking the opportunities that you're given. And then one of those opportunities was the um, the open trials, wasn't it, for Cornwall? Yeah. So after my season with West Wales, um, I, I was actually on the way over to France, and um, that fell through. The team actually ended folding, and I was kind of at a, a crossroads. Really, I wasn't sure what to do, and I was mm. like thinking about what if I um, tried my luck over in Australia, but um, the borders weren't quite open, and right. looking at what other things I can do because the one thing I knew was I didn't want to go back to amateur but I want to keep pushing myself I want to play the best level I can mm. and it was kind of out of nowhere I was just scrolling through my Facebook one day and saw that Cornwall had set up a, a League 1 team and that they were going to hold an open trial so like, I, I kind of feel sorry for a BTR general manager because I must have emailed them maybe 20 odd times just like <laughs> can I have a trial can I have a trial can I have a trial <laughs> and it's I, I probably just did said yeah to me. He's like, oh, just shut him up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, w- went down to the trial um, in Newquay. And yeah, as you say, the rest is history. <laughs> Brilliant. That's fantastic. Um, how, have, um, how, how have you, te- well, first of all, how have you taken to life in Cornwall? Oh, I absolutely love it, to be honest. Like, it's, Everything's green and it's fields, and it just reminds me of home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, and how have Cornwall taken to rugby league? Oh, it's been incredible. Like, I, I, me and them, some of the lads I live with, we, we find it very hard to believe. Like, 
we walked into our, our local bar um, a couple of nights ago just getting food and next thing we had these two people come up to us and like, oh, up the trucks. I was like, what? Like it was a real surreal moment uh, for me. And uh, that like, was we, that was my next question actually about do you get recognised on the street? So yeah, brilliant. Yeah, but the the lads find it hilarious, like because I'm as big as I am with a big bullet, I'm always the first one to get recognised. Yeah. Like every normal stash and all just today like in normal clothes and they recognise me first. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean I mean it's fair to say you know the clubs had a had a difficult first season, but the, but you've had a lot of cl- uh, a lot of players as well that are brand new to rugby league as well, haven't you? Yeah, and, and that's it. Like we're we're in a if you a rugby union stronghold. Like, mm. and there's been very little exposure to rugby league down here, and it's like they had a couple of teams, like Cornish Rebels, which is where we got some of our players from. But um, a, a lot of the battle is trying to like coach these rugby union lads who like might be decent rugby union players but they soon learn that rugby league is a completely different game at this level and like the things they may have gotten away with at amateur level like like simple things like controlling the tackle and such it's yeah. such a, a bigger emphasis on, at this level but some of them have really took to it like a fish to water and like they've become incredible players yeah um like it's been great to see the development throughout. Like you know, we started pre-season in February, so we were always up against it when most teams started back in November. But these lads have picked it up really well, and they're doing incredibly when you look at it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I suppose the last couple of bits from me is you've mentioned about um, that desire to get the green jersey on again. Um, yeah, and, and I know you've seen this list. For the Rugby League World Cup of players that uh, that that could play, people like in the NRL, people like Luke Carey, um, and then in in Super League, you've got people like Ethan Ryan, the senior brothers, uh, Toby King, LMS, uh, Kyle Amor, and all this. How would it feel? How would it feel to you? Because your name's on this list, isn't it? So how would you? How yeah. would you? How would you fit to line up alongside players like that? Well, honestly, it was just great seeing my name on the same sheet as them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, um, I got to meet some of those lads like when they were in camp when I was in like Ireland Nineteens camp, and, right. and some lads who retired now, like Liam Finn, um, was captain at the time. Uh, honestly, one of the nicest folks I've ever met. What a good and, player um, he was as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like, I remember um, we had training before then, and then next thing he comes out. And I was just—I literally sat there for forty minutes watching him kick, and his kicking game was incredible. Yeah. And I, I just some of the stuff he does with a ball, like it, it just blew my mind, really. Yeah. But um, like getting to line out those lads, like, I, it, it would be a dream come true, really. Like, that, it's one of them. Like, I'd love to line out with them, but I just keep being starstruck that I'm in a green jersey, and oh, I, I almost wouldn't yeah. pay attention to who's left and right of me. Well, I'll tell you but, what, uh, if you do, we're definitely there, aren't we, Bobby? Yeah, hundred percent. Definitely there, mate. Yeah, that would be, yeah. be brilliant. Yeah, but uh, uh, I, I don't think the the World Cup would, would be in for me just because the Ireland team this year is looking seriously strong, yeah. and we've got Jed at the helm now, who's been in the setup like God knows how many years, and played for Ireland himself, and knows everyone and he's gotten all the lads to buy into this culture which is the main thing yeah but going forward like i want to 
have a strong preseason, have a strong season next year, and then look at the Euro Championships and some yeah. of the friendlies that Ireland have planned out. Brilliant. I think that's realistic for me. And then the following World Cup, that that would be my, my time to shine. Yeah, the one in France. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I think that's more realistic for me. Just I've had not a lot of time to get up to speed with the the League One game and the, the professional ranks. Yeah, and. Like those guys have been in the setups like almost their whole lives, and they'll be able to do that green jersey more yeah. justice than I could right now. But that won't be the case for long. <laughs> no, brilliant. Because you must start to you must starting to believe. Obviously, you know it comes across the the passion and the self belief that you've got. But you must you must be starting to believe if you don't already that that you belong in this game and at that level. Yeah, well, it's. It's something I've struggled with a hell of a lot throughout my life. Is um, I do struggle quite a lot with that imposter syndrome. It's like, have I actually like do I deserve to be there? Have I earned my spot? But um, like definitely this season, like being around the lads, like it's a very tight knit unit with the guys that are down here, and like they're really they want me to be better and I want them to be better and because we have the right attitudes around us it's given me that more self-belief and like oh yeah I, I deserve to be here I've earned my spot rather than feeling like I, I shouldn't be here yeah. which has been a massive help and like I feel like I'm at the point now where week on week I'm getting better like I'm getting fair the way it's coming down I'm being more effective on the pitch I'm like I'm taking all the boxes and it's consistency now that's that's what I need to do and I'm sure that like I know I've spoken to Jed and he's keeping an eye on me and I'm sure I'll be able to put in the performances to eventually get to the point where he can give me that call and say I want to see you up a training uh, with Irish boys which would, would be incredible <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant well that's that thank you Polly that's fantastic and what a story um, I've just really enjoyed listening. I mean, we've been going like just over twenty minutes now, and I've just I've just been engrossed in the story. So we're gonna let we're gonna let you relax a little bit because we're gonna we've got now some quick fire questions. Thirteen rugby league quick fire questions, and this is all about this is all about the Cornwall dressing room. So I'm going to hand you over to Bobby and let him let him go through these questions. Sweet. Hey, Paulie. Right. So our first question is. Who is the worst trainer at the club? <laughs> There's no competition. It's Josh Cora, um, our centre, the flying Fijian. Uh, he spends more time with the physio than he does on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Who is the best and the worst dress player in the changing room? Oh, um. Worst has to be Brad Howe, um, one of the new props we we signed, uh, one, one Union convert. Um, he has these god awful like vans that are like kind of like Crocs as well, that rugby <laughs> material with the holes in them, and they're like a, a bright purple. I, I honestly, like, I see them and it just makes me shiver. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think coming from rugby union, you'd be quite well dressed, wouldn't you? You know, like... <laughs> um, this guy didn't get the memo. <laughs> Um, best dressed ooh that's a tough one I have to say Harry Aronson our, our winger he, he has a good dress sense like he, he likes to look crisp and uh, like he, his style is, is very like my style so yeah I have to give it to him okay 
Very good. Definitely not going to be Aaron Jones Bishop anyway, because he literally just lives in the Jamaica vest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our third one for you is uh, who in the team thinks they could make it in the NRL now now who thinks they could play in the NRL <laughs> I'm really throwing people under the bus here aren't I, I this, is, uh, this is the old part of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of them are very humble that's the thing but uh, Liam Whitten probably I feel like uh, he, he walks the walk well, he talks an even bigger talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. If you had to put a bet on who was going to be the late one to training, who who is it every time? Sam Snow. Without oh. even a doubt, and I stand the second row. I yet to see that guy be on time for a training session. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even need to think about that. No, did you? I didn't. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who who doesn't like defending? Who who just sort of shuffles out to the wing and lets the other boys do the work? <laughs> um, uh, that'll have to be one of the halfbacks, wouldn't it? Yeah, Joe uh, Purcell. Uh, yeah, seven. yeah. <laughs> great goal forward, not as good in defence. Yeah, not there. Like, he's not he, there for that. Yeah. It's like Ben, yeah, like, ben, like ben Barber, he wasn't there for that. Yeah. Wasn't there for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, he's like 10 stone wet through, so like, he just, we need to do the work for him, we need to protect him. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, who's, the, who's the DJ of the changing room? Who gets control over the music? Oh, that, yeah, well, there's usually fights about it. It's either Bitch or Harry. Um, yeah, they both have very different music choices and they're, you tend to come to agreement. It was like one will have it on the coach, and then one will have it in the changing room. Or if we're playing at home, it's just all hell breaks loose. It's whoever can get connected to the speaker first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quickly on the on the back of that, uh, who has the worst taste in music? Oh, um, Luke Collins. Uh, I know him. Just he's um, he grew up in Sydney and he just listens to all, like this weird Aussie house music that just it doesn't make sense. Like I like my dance music, but some of the stuff he's listened to and it's it's like a weird cross between like house music and elevator music. <laughs> it, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, who is always at the front of the buffet? Who's first in line to get the food? Me. Exactly, exactly. Right, now I'm gonna ask you who has the worst haircut at the club. Now I have to give you the award for the best haircut, as we know you have a mullet, just like our co-presenter Callum who unfortunately isn't with us but we've got to give it to the mullet so you your hands down getting the best haircut who has the worst who has the worst haircut in the in the club now we have to give you best haircut hands down because we know that you have a mullet. And like our co-presenter, Callum, who is unfortunately not here, uh, he also has a mullet. 
So therefore, hands down, mullet wins. But who loses? Who gets the worst haircut? Oh, I think it's going to be a tie between Liam Witten because he started to grow a mullet just because like, I'm his idol. Like, he, he just wants to be me, but uh, <laughs> it, it's still in its infancy and it doesn't look great. <laughs> or um, Jack Ray, um, one of our props, just because like, poor kid, like, he, he's 22, but his hairline's 40. <laughs> uh, he's gone skinhead lately and uh, he, he looks like um, he's in the Navy but it looks like he's just across to the army <laughs> brilliant uh, right a uh, couple more we've got four questions left Bobby have we uh, yes we do um, yeah. starting with uh, who who have the struggle uh, who of the locals, sorry, struggled to understand the most? Who've, who've the, whose accent confuses them? <laughs> um, oh gee, like especially when we're all in the room together, like you just see a lot of people looking at us like we've turned heads. Because <laughs> um, like we have Irish, Scottish, Welsh, um, a couple of corners that I understand, and then like we have lads from Lancashire, Yorkshire, all like sort of mixed together. Um, I'm definitely up there, especially after I've had a couple of Guinness, because I, I sound like Brad Pitt or a snack. Um, <laughs> and is is this right? Is this right? What you put on your uh, on your bio, Polly, that you can drink a pint of Guinness in four seconds? Yeah, well, next time I'm up north, we'll need to meet up, and I'll show you. Excellent, <laughs> oh, excellent, brilliant, love it. Right, yeah, I, Josh on I go with Josh Harrison on that. Uh, one of our props, just because like he's. Way filled through and through, and once he gets going, like, I live with him, but I can't understand them. <laughs> <laughs> well, sticking with the pub scene, who is the last to get the rounds in? <laughs> uh, Aaron Thompson, uh, one of our second hours. Uh, <laughs> funny story, actually. Um, so Lou Collins was playing rugby union in Amsterdam before he signed with us and uh, Aaron was actually over there on holiday and they bumped into each other completely at random in the club and he's like oh I played for Cornwall and he's like oh no I just signed for Cornwall so like right let's go get drinks and uh, Aaron ordered it and then went to pay for it with his phone and then as soon as he went to tap it his phone died and he kind of just looked at me and was like I don't have my cards on me. You're going to have to pay for this one. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, two more we've got. Here we go. These two These two are good ones to finish off, aren't they? Yes, they are indeed. Uh, who's most, who fancies themselves most likely to go on to Love Island? <laughs> uh, Henry Simmons, our winger. Okay. He, he's, he's like a pretty boy. Like, he, He's strong runner, like an all right player, but he's the pretty boy of the team. Fair enough. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, last question: Who is the who's the teacher's pet? Chris Gear, captain. Uh, <laughs> is that, that why he's that captain? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> Brilliant, but. Paulie, it's just this that's just been a magnificent half an hour that's just flew by. And I just want to thank you again on, on behalf of everybody for coming on. It's just been an absolute pleasure, mate. 
Uh, pleasure's been so, mine, mate. It was really nice to talk to you guys. No, and I think it's you know for your story, it's, it is a really inspirational story, and and obviously we you know we'll we'll follow you and follow your story, and uh, and hopefully get you on again. Um, hopefully, I'll get you on again at the end of the season or, or pre-season for next year, if you if uh, if you can accommodate us again. Yeah, I'd love it. I'd love to come on. Uh, it's been really nice to talk to you guys, and uh, like, I'm I'm really crazy and so, like listening to your podcast is really cool. Actually, like, getting to be on a form. So yeah, Excellent. 100%. thank you, mate. And uh, I hope that uh, I hope everyone uh, hasn't quite heard all your answers like in the dressing rooms. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll tell some of the lads not to listen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Instead, um, of, instead of the music on the coach this week, we're getting yeah, play po- the podcast. Playing the yeah, podcast, the all the answers are going to come through. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, you get hooked up to the speaker first, mate, this week. Yeah, get it done. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right. Listen, thanks so much, Paulie, and we'll speak to you soon. And good luck for Appreciate the rest it. of the season. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, bye. Thanks, Paulie. Thanks, bye. bye. Wow, what a, an amazing interview that was. And uh, we once again thank Paulie for his time and we wish him and his Cornwall teammates the, the absolute best of luck for the rest of the season. And we now move into our last segment of the show. Please forward podcast prediction league with six again. That's right, it's predictions league time, and once again, it's my least favourite segment <laughs> of the week. <laughs> but that means, as always, we're joined by Brian from Six Again. Brian, how are you, mate? I'm good. How are you, boys? Hi, Brian. Hi, all right. Uh, are we okay? Yes, good, mate. Have you had a good week? What have you been up to? Anything good? A uh, bit of wheelchair rugby on Sunday, and just watching all the games on the telly. Bit of bash. Excellent. Uh, Bobby wasn't watching that because he was watching something else. Oh, Matilda. I forgot about this. Did you? Yeah. Book a moment. No. <laughs> Hairspray. The coat of many colours. Surely if it's not mentioned at the start of the no, podcast. No, it's it's no, it's been brought up It's now. been brought up Come on, now. tell us what you were watching. I was watching Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> <laughs> And red and yeah. yellow and blue and green. <laughs> and Oakley, Oakley. <laughs> Bobby and his Technicolor dream coat. Yeah. Joseph. Oh, well, there you go. So add that one to the list, Bri. Oh, it's already added. Don't worry about it. I'm already, I'm already looking for a gift for Philip Schofield. Uh, <laughs> is, anyone, uh, is anyone close to bingo yet? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm about three off. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Well, right, prediction time, Brian. Shall we? Do you want to? Do you want to like, give us an update? Okay. Um, well, let's be honest. It was between a poor and <laughs> mediocre week. <laughs> the highest score was twelve, and that was by the insiders. Oh. And the lowest score was by Lancashire and Callum. Oh. So the insiders now on three hundred and fifty-seven. Their top, Andy. Is now second with 340. I got a spot on, the only one of the week. So I've now gone back third with 329. Callum's now back to fourth on the same point. But due to my new spot on, 
armour higher. I think we should go alphabetical order. And no, you can't use Bry. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, York, York's at a fifth with 279. The stats team is sixth with 279. And no, they can't go in alphabetical order either. (laughs) (laughs) Bottom of the league are Lancashire with 257. Okay. And who are uh, this week? Hang on a minute. 257? Yeah. How many of the the, uh, insiders got? You ask this every week. 357. That's not good, is it? They've pretty much been lapped, haven't they? Mm, Yeah. That's not good, that is it? If it was a boxing match, it'd have been stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, who who have we got this week, Bry? Well, we've got uh, yourself, Andy, Callum, myself. Bobby's back for the stats team. Hey. Wonder if he's learned anything from Joseph. <laughs> um, for Yorkshire, we've got our Leeds fan, Lot Seventeen A. Okay. For Lancashire, we've got our Wigan fan, Johnny Ashy. Okay. And for the insiders, we have your guest this evening, Polly Bolger. Ah, excellent. Very good. I thought I'd double it up. Mm, pod and prediction debut. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. It's like a Polly Bolger special, isn't it? It is. Excellent. All right. Okay, then. Shall we, uh, shall we get on with it, then? Tack on. Full KR. Full KR for you to lose. Thursday night. Sky Sports. Yeah. Tough, uh, tough game that really, as we already kind of covered Hull uh, KR with a with a few injuries and Toulouse, as we've already said, are people starting to expect it with them now? Or I don't know, I don't know how, but I, I've, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the home team. I'm gonna say they're gonna just about edge it. I'm gonna go Hull KR by six. Um, I dropped that, so I'm gonna change it quickly, and I'm gonna go Hull KR. By eight, but I'm not sure why, because I think it's a toss of a coin job. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say to lose by eight. Okay. And we've got a mixed bag. Uh, lot 17A for Yorkshire. Hull KR by 24. Johnny for Lancashire to lose by four. Paulie's gone to lose by 10. And I'm with you, Andy. I've gone Hull KR by eight, but I don't know why, because they've got missing a fullback, a winger, a centre. Mm-hmm. Both the halves and the backup half, but there's just something about it. Yeah, I think the crowd might get them over the line, possibly. Just. Yeah. Next up, Huddersfield v Hull FC Friday night at seven forty-five. Um, Hull had a decent win last week, but that was the first one they've had for a while. Um, Huddersfield are playing well. Uh, to keep squeaking out wins when they don't look like they're going to. Um, so I'm going to go Huddersfield by 10. Um, yeah, can't really see all winning, so I'm going to say Huddersfield by 14. I said that as well, so I'm going to go Huddersfield by 12. And we've got a clean sweep. Lot 17A for Yorkshire, also Huddersfield by 12. Johnny Ashley for Lancashire, Huddersfield by 10. Paulie, for the insiders, Huddersfield by 24. And myself, I've gone Huddersfield by 14. Okay. Uh, right. Uh, what's next? Wigan v Waddington, 8 o'clock Friday on Sky. 
And both of these from this week's Sky Games are on Sky Action instead of Sky Arena. We keep messing about with these channels, don't we? Ah, oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think there's only one winner here, especially with St. Helens losing and possibly with the injuries and stuff, possibly losing this week. Depends how important the league leaders is to, to Wigan in it, really. But um, I think it's just a question of how many. Um, and I think it's going to be Wigan by 22. I've also gone uh, uh, Wigan. But I've just got a very quick side note on this. on this, And I've, and I've seen that it's a heritage game, this one. And is there any point in having a heritage game at Wigan because no matter what game you go to or what no matter what mask game they're on Sky, you always see someone in a Norweb shirt. <laughs> it's Heritage Week every week. Exactly. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, anyway, sorry, get back to the game. Uh Wigan by sixteen. Uh Wigan eighteen. Another clean sweep. Not seventeen eight for Yorkshire. Wigan by eighteen. Johnny Ashy, Wigan fan. Lancashire, Wigan by six. Ooh. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that myself. Paulie for the insiders, Wigan by 20. And myself, Wigan by 22. And as a side note to your heritage point, Bobby, I've seen somewhere this week that someone's asking for great uh, for England numbers and it's classed as Great Britain oh. numbers back in the day. a classed as England numbers. So there's people, um, there's big Welsh players Back from like 70s, 60s, 70s, who are actually classed in the England heritage numbers. All right, okay. Um, I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but yeah, there's some big players who, who are classed as, uh, as classed as English, even though they're Welsh. Fair enough. Next game, Channel 4, Sunday, 1 o'clock, St. Helens v. Castleford. This is a this is a real tough game as well. Both teams will look to bounce back, but obviously only one of them can. Cast taking a big defeat to the rivals and Saints being blown out of the park by Salford. I think I, I can't see Saints losing back to back games, especially at home. I think they'll right some of those wrongs in front of the home crowd, and I've gone Saints by twelve. Um, exactly the same as you just thought there, same reasons, uh, and I've gone Saints 6. Yeah, uh, Saints just to edge it, Saints by 8. And we've got a clean sweep. Lot 17, 8 for Yorkshire, Saints by 10. Johnny for Lancashire, Saints by 16. Paulie for the insiders, Saints by 12. And myself, I'm agreeing with all three of us, and I've gone Saints by 14. I will say that Christian Wolf might get a bit of a stick at the weekend if Saints lose because if he plays the same way in the same team, yeah. is what's the same once as once a mistake, twice as a pattern, and three, three times at Abbey. Yeah, never heard that, but good one, that Brian. Yeah. Next game, Sunday, three o'clock. It's a family day ahead only, and they've got Leeds v Saint Helens women before it. It's Leeds v Salford. That'll be uh, that'll be a good game as well, won't it? The the, uh, the women's game before. Yeah. Um. Both of these sides on the up. Um. I think Tolford are obviously like the farm team. I think Leeds have been getting better and better under Rowan Smith. 
Um, and I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm going to take the plunge, and I'm going to go Leeds by eight. Okay. Um, I I just like the way Salford play, and they've been doing that consistent for the last few weeks now. If they come away injury-free and maybe get one or two bodies back, I think they'll edge it. I think Salford 10. Yeah, I, I agree with, with Callum. I've gone Salford by four. We have a mixed bag. Johnny Ashley for Lancashire. Salford by two. Paulie for the Insiders. Salford by six. Myself, I've gone Leeds by two. And Lot 17A of Yorkshire. Leeds fan. Leeds by 22. <laughs> I love that confidence. Mm. I think they might. Well, I think they might do it just because they they need that to close up the. Yeah, this the gap. is this is another one that could go either way. Yeah, yeah I think. I think there's three or four tough games this weekend. Yeah, there yeah. really is. Mm. The, I think the core. I think for this one, it closes the gap in the playoffs, and if they don't get it, and they, they suddenly three or four points down, mm. then it's a lot. Then it's you know can be a long way back with like you know half dozen games to go. Yeah, no, yeah, it could so I think this is way. must win this. I think yeah. for Leeds. Yeah. And finally, Bry. Sunday, three o'clock. Costa del Wakefield against Catalan. Um, I this is it's not. I, I feel like it's a tough one, but it's not. Do you know, like with what we've been saying mm. earlier in the episode about Catalan's form and them having a dip and the sort of desperation of Wakefield, but surely Catalan will be too strong for them. I'm going to say Catalan by twelve. Yeah, I, I I agree with everything you just said. I think this will be the the end of Catalan's, shall we say, struggles the last couple of weeks. I think uh, I think they'll be too strong, and I've gone Catalan by ten. Could be the end of my prediction league title ambitions because I'm going Wakefield by eight. Okay, mm. and you're the only one. Hey. Lot seventeen A for Yorkshire, Catalan by ten. Johnny for Lancashire, Catalan by 20, Paulie for the Insiders, Catalan by 18, and myself, I've gone Catalan by 8. At least there's one thing about this week, there won't be many away fans complaining about the away end of Wakefield this week. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah, that could be the end That could be the end for me, that one. I hope so. Or it could, it could pull me back up there, couldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I just think Wakefield have defended really well the last two games as well. Mm. So if they can show that sort of spirit in defence at home. It's not like Catalan you know. haven't been scoring points though. No. No. We'll see. It's a bold move. I think it depends. I think it depends on which Catalan turn up. First half Catalan last week or second half Catalan next week. Yeah. It's a bold move either way. Some may say bold. Some may say maverick. Some may say stupid. Yeah. So there you go. Some might say once is a mistake, twice is a pattern, and three, three times harder. <laughs> very good. Right, thank you very much. That's, Not a problem, uh, boys. Excellent. Well, that just about wraps up this episode, doesn't it? Um, thank you uh, for listening. If you've stayed with us all this time, thank you. Uh, thanks again to Paulie uh, with a, a great interview, and obviously, once again, all the best to you and Cornwall for the rest of the season. Uh, thanks again to Brian. Thanks to all those that are participating in the Predictions League. But wherever you are, wherever you're going watching your rugby league this week, and stay safe and enjoy. But from all of us here at the Loose Forward Podcast, 
it's goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.